Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. During his ministry, Witness Lee emphasized the experience of Christ as life and the practical oneness of the believers. He was unbending in his conviction that God's goal is the body of Christ. Through his messages, he stressed the importance for us to grow in life and to function as Christians so that the body can build itself up. We're happy to bring you recorded portions from his ministry today, along with some of our own thoughts. And we welcome your comments and questions. You can reach us toll-free at 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Now let's join today's program. On one end of the tabernacle was the Holy of Holies with the Ark of the Testimony. This piece of furniture was the very spot where God dwelt with man, and where he could meet with man and speak to man. At the opposite end, in the outer court of the tabernacle, was the altar of burnt offering. This spot represents the very redeeming Christ, who died for us and became the ultimate offering to God for man's sins. These two items in the tabernacle represent the two most powerful aspects of the Christian experience, Christ's redemption and God's presence. These are our focus today on this Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Francis Ball has joined us again to be a part of this program. Brother Francis, I'm really happy to have you here. This is a, a word that I hope the Lord gives us the way to get clearly to our listeners. I do hope so also because I remember this message when Brother Lee gave it, and there's some depths here that I believe have been uncovered that have been always there but not seen so much by God's people. I hope today that this will be a, an eye-opener to many of us. Well, the message that we're talking about is going to bring us into an appreciation of the altar and its relationship to the Ark of the Testimony that we covered a few weeks ago. Just to refresh our listeners and to bring everyone up to date, I wonder if you'd give us a brief description of this first item of furniture, the Ark of the Testimony, just what was meaningful about it, both in the tabernacle and as it relates to our own experience of Christ today. Well, the Ark of the Testimony, which was in the deepest part of the tabernacle, as uh, I believe most Christians realize that that tabernacle that is opened up and revealed and spoken of in the book of Exodus is a real picture of not only what the children of Israel were going through practically and experientially, but also a picture of what we go through experientially today. And the ark that is in the deepest part really represents Christ himself. But that ark had certain measurements that we'll see today in the message that are very, very significant. And it was the place where God could meet with man. This was the spot in the whole universe where God and man could meet together. And we'll see also how it's possible for a holy God to meet with fallen man and why this is the place that that transpires. That ark was really a box. The measurements of this ark is one and a half cubits high, one and a half cubits width, and two and a half cubits long. That little box became the center of the uh, journeyings, the warring, 
and the uh, fellowship of the children of Israel throughout their wilderness trip. So it's very significant to Israel at that time, and it's very significant to us in its application and in what it typifies today, that God can meet with man, and man can meet with God. Francis, we're going to look at the measurements or dimensions of the altar today and compare them to those of the ark. The ark, as we have seen previously, was one and a half cubits high, whereas the altar was three cubits high, twice as high. But it's interesting, exactly halfway up the altar was a grating, a grate. And this was the very spot where the sacrifices were placed within the altar and where they were consumed. I think that before we finish today, we're going to see that this is going to uh, turn out to be very significant. Let's join Witness Lee with our life study. We have a clear record here. The location of the greeting. It says the greeting is at the half of the height of the uh, altar. And the altar is three cubits. So half is one and a half cubits. This is exactly the height of the ark. The ark is one and a half cubits high. All the dimensions of the ark are halves. It is two and a half cubits by one and a half. Then the height is also one and a half. These are the halves of the dimensions of the altar. The altar is five by five by three. The ark is two and a half by one and a half and by one and a half. This is quite meaningful. And how to count it? You have to count it in this way. One and a half underneath the greeting. One and a half above. This height signifies the standard up to which the redemption of Christ was accomplished. Christ died on the cross to accomplish the all-inclusive redemption for us according to what standard? It must be according to the standard of the ark. Why? Because the ark is the very place where God would meet with man. Man got fallen. Man got distracted from God. Man deviated from God's way. Now, God wants to meet with such a fallen man. Something must be done according to the standard of God. With the ark, you could see God's glory. The cherubim are there. Then, with the ark, you can see God's holiness. Uh, with the ark, you can see God's righteousness. Because the righteous law is within. So, you have these three things there. God's glory, God's holiness, God's righteousness. Okay, you fallen sinners, do you like to see God? Do you like to meet with God? You have to fulfill the requirements of his standard. You must fulfill God's righteousness. 
You must fulfill God's holiness. And you must fulfill God's glory. You know Romans 3 says, Man God fallen short of the glory of God. That means God's glory is here. Kind of a yardstick measuring you. But you are short of this. You are underneath the height of God's glory. So you are not qualified to come to meet God. Okay. Christ died an all-inclusive death for the accomplishment of our redemption. And this death was then according to the head of God's requirement. According to the head of God's standard. And God's standard is just His glory, His holiness, and His righteousness. Francis, any consideration of the altar as a type of the cross will lead one to realize that there the problem of sins was dealt with. Most of the time, believers are satisfied just to have this serious problem taken care of. But there's a marvelous verse in Romans 3 that Witness Lee referred to here near the end of his speaking. Verse 23, I think well-known verse, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Francis, this verse has always impressed me that sin is not the only problem that we have with God, is it? Uh, Absolutely not. Sin is the negative aspect of our problem with God. But falling short of God's glory is even more significant because this shows that no matter how well-behaved and intelligent and even ethical a person may be, that doesn't mean that he measures up to God's standard of his glory. God's glory is uh, where man falls short. And it's interesting, that verse you mentioned, that all have sinned, that's one part, and fall short. I think for years I never discerned that that's not just a repetition, something standing in uh, apposition to each other. But to sin is one thing negatively toward God to actually go against God. But to fall short doesn't mean you're necessarily against him, but that you are short. You do not measure up. And that is one of the very significant things about the altar that we're getting into now, because the altar is where the sacrifices are made. But when you measure man up against God's standard, then you find in everything he is short, because all of the things that are related to God's standard are depicted here in type, both on the ark and in the altar. Well, Francis, in our introduction today, you gave us uh, some of the dimensions that were a part of the construction of the Ark of Testimony that's in the Holy of Holies. In this coming section, we're going to look a little bit at these dimensions and the dimensions of the altar because there's a correlation here that we don't want our listeners to miss. Please stay tuned for this. Here's Witness Lee. The greeting is at the level of the Ark, at the level of the propitiation cover. It is on this level that God can meet with you. God was in the Holy of Holies. God was upon the ark there. God traveled from the ark to where? To the altar. I mean to the cross. God didn't go further. God only went that far. God left the ark, the Holy of Holies, and God came out of heaven, and God took his journey, And God traveled 
What was the destination of God's travel? The order. God stopped there. God said, sinners, come back to me. Uh-huh. And we all like to go back. But God said, something must be accomplished to fulfill my requirement. You're coming back to me and my meeting with you must be up to the standard of my requirement. So, you could see the greeting is at the level of the propitiatory. If you look through from the altar to the ark, you could see these two are on the same level. It's quite interesting. It is on this standard. It is up to this standard that Christ died. He died such an all-inclusive death for the redemption of God. It is up to the sender. Could you see this? Well, Francis, this may have been a short segment, but it is giant in its spiritual meaning and symbolism. At one end of the tabernacle was God's very presence, where no man on his own could enter in. And at the other end of the tabernacle, the end where man could dwell in the outer court, was this altar with the marvelous bronze grating at exactly the same height as the ark. Francis, what does it mean that God traveled from the ark to the altar in order to reach man? You know, Chris, I really hope that this truth that's pointed out here by this illustration and by this typology could really give us an insight. The reason I say that is because uh, being a Christian for years before I met this ministry, I never dreamed that some of these things were so relevant to our Christian experience as has been brought out by this ministry. And in this particular case, to see that the ark really is a type of Christ. Now, I don't mean that others have not seen this. I think this is pretty common knowledge among many of the people who have studied the tabernacle at all, realize that the ark itself is a type of Christ. And being in the holiest of holies is a type of where he is at the beginning, you might say, where he came from. He was in the heavenlies or in the holy of holies, and he came all the way from there to the earth. And in this case, he came all the way from the holy of holies to the cross or to the altar on the outside of the tabernacle. Just at the entrance of the grounds of the tabernacle is an altar, a bronze altar. The Lord Jesus came all the way from heaven to earth, came all the way from the glory to the cross. He came all the way from the highest place to the lowest place. He left everything to come to be where we are. He was rich, but he came poor, that we, being poor, might become rich. I believe this kind of picture here will really open our eyes to a lot of the marvelous pictures that are in the Old Testament to realize what we experience has a good picture book for us in the Old Testament. Sometimes I realize that when I get into the revelation concerning these uh, types in the Old Testament, it's just like uh, someone opening up a cedar chest full of treasures that were yours and you didn't know it. And he pulls them out and describes each one of them to you. And it's been that way in my experience. 
that experiences I've had, I never knew what they were. I never knew how to describe them. But in this ministry of Brother Lee, I have seen the bringing out of item after item and describing what we enjoy of Christ in that kind of item. And to see that he came all the way from the holiest of holies to the earth, to the cross, to be the sacrifice for our sins, to bear all our guilt and our shame. My, this is marvelous. That's quite a traveling, isn't it, Chris, to come all the way from the Holy of Holies to the cross. It is a marvelous journey that uh, he made on our behalf. Ron Kangas and I were enjoying the same point a few days ago in a broadcast that we were recording. At that time, the point was the same, but it was from the uh, aspect that as the revelation of the tabernacle was given to Moses, this matches the order of the revelation. It began with the Holy of Holies and the Ark of the Testimony, and it ends up at the outer court with the altar. Of course, if we were describing it, we would start at the other end. Uh, We'd start out there in the outer court and then eventually build up to the Holy of Holies, the centerpiece. But this is God's perspective that we're seeing the tabernacle from. And, of course, Witness Lee uh, didn't lose that point and brought it to our attention as well, and it very much matches what you're describing to us. And it also matches the Gospel of John so perfectly, marvelously, that in the beginning was God, and God became flesh and dwelt among us, and eventually, behold, the Lamb of God. Amen. (laughs) It's a marvelous sequence, but our natural thought goes the other direction. Exactly. But the revelation always comes from God's point of view. Well, we're going to stay right on the same line in this final portion today as it gets, uh, I think, even richer and just more tremendous. Here's Witness Lee once again. We have been forgiven. We have been accepted because Christ's redemption is up to the level of God's requirement, up to the standard of God's glory, holiness, and righteousness. This is... The first half. The second half, you have a flavor, sweet odor, ascending to satisfy God. This is what, this is the efficacy, effectiveness of Christ's redemption. The efficacy is up to the same standard as his redemption. His redemption is up to the standard of God's requirement. And the efficacy of his redemption is up to the same standard. How could God be satisfied with Christ's redemption? Because Christ's redemption fulfills all the requirements. Then the result of this redemption produces a kind of efficacy, a kind of effectiveness. And this efficacy is up to the same level to satisfy God. They're saying, whenever you enjoy Christ, you enjoy Christ's redemption. Deep within you, you have the realization that Christ's redemption is fully up to the standard of God's requirement. Not only so, and you realize the result of Christ's redemption. The efficacy of Christ's redemption is just so high to satisfy God according to God's requirement. 
I tell you, over 55 years ago, when I got saved, I didn't hear all these kind of things. Actually, my words, my sentences, actually came from those experiences. But at that time, I didn't realize, but now I can recall. At that time, my, yeah, to me, I just have the full peace realizing that Christ died on the cross, fulfilling every bit of God's requirements. Regardless God's glory, regardless God's holiness, or God's righteousness, whatsoever, God's requirements all have been fulfilled. So, nothing can condemn me anymore. Nothing can blame me. Because I have the full assurance, oh, Christ, He died to fulfill all God's requirements. What else God wants? When I got saved, I had such assurance, such peace. I said, God, what else can you demand? And all the young believers should do this. Christ has met all your requirements. What else you can demand on me? God would say, I have no more demand. Just one death has fulfilled all my requirements. This is up to the level of the propitiatory cover. So God can come to converse with us. We can fellowship with him. When I show of something, underneath we have the ashes with the level up to propitiation cover. Now above we have the sweet odor. Also up to that level. Listen this one. Well, Francis, I have to join you. A moment ago, you made a comment. I'm going to just repeat it. This is such a rich and encouraging word today. I wish that every believer could hear this, especially all the young ones. We began today by looking at Romans 3.23, that all had sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Uh, This really exposes the extent of our problem with God. How does this picture in Exodus that we're looking at in the tabernacle show us that the redeeming Christ has met the entire spectrum of God's demands on us? Well, I just am really excited about this because there's so much assurance that comes with this understanding. In the ark, we have God's standard, and his standard is really measured in three ways, his glory, his righteousness, and his holiness. On the covering of the ark, there are the cherubim, the angelic creatures that are there, made of the gold of the uh, propitiation cover itself. And they express the glory of God. Glory is one of the aspects of God's standard. And then you have in the ark the Ten Commandments, the law that was given to Moses. That was put in the ark, and that is a picture of God's righteousness. It expresses that God is righteous and demands of man a righteousness that he doesn't have. And then the gold that covers the whole ark is a picture of God's holiness. We all know that gold depicts God's nature. So you have these three things, the glory, the righteousness, and the holiness. These are God's standard that man must meet in order to be right with God and in order to meet with God. And man cannot do it. But praise the Lord. When you get to the altar, 
you see that the sacrifices for sin, the things that will make the death of Christ vicarious to us, of importance to us, very satisfying to God, is the offering up of Christ as all the sacrifices meeting all of God's requirements against man. Those sacrifices are all put on the altar. The ashes are under the grate that was there. And then I'd like to mention, too, again, what Brother Lee brought out, that that grate in the altar is one and a half cubits high, though the altar itself is three cubits high. At the midpoint, one and a half cubits is that grate on which the sacrifices were placed. And that grate is a picture of the cross. And Christ is the one who was offered on the cross. And the fact that his, the aroma of his sacrifice reached to God, that's the top part of that uh, altar. That's getting the, uh, the, the aroma coming from the burning of the sacrifices. And the bottom part are the ashes, which is our assurance that God has accepted Christ as our substitute, as our sin offering, as our trespass offering. Everything that we need has been satisfied as far as God's standard is concerned by the death of Christ. As Brother Lee said, you can ask, what more do you demand, God? And he says, I have no more demand. Christ satisfies every demand of my holiness, my righteousness, and my glory. So we can be assured, and I hope, as you said, every young person could say to God, God, what more do you want? What more do you demand? And he would say, I don't demand anything more. Everything has been met. The debt has been paid, and the glory has been manifested, and the holiness has been expressed, and the righteousness has been maintained. Francis, I think uh, maybe some of our most frustrating moments is when we have done all we can, and then we utter that to God, what more do you want? Of course, <laughs> when we're in that posture, he has much more to demand, doesn't he? <laughs> That's right. But if what we're offering back to him is the very Christ who was there at the midpoint of the altar being offered on our behalf with that sweet, satisfying fragrance which God has accepted and the ashes, which is our uh, receipt, our guarantee that it has been accepted. When that's our offering, God says, I'm happy, I'm satisfied. Come in, come in. Come forward to the throne of grace. Amen. I still like that old song I learned when I was a child, Jesus paid it all. Oh, yeah, that's a wonderful hymn. Amen, and that's a a good note to end on. Why don't we close there? Francis, thank you. Join us again very soon. I uh, really enjoy these times together. Thank you very much. I hope to. For Francis Ball today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee spent seven decades in the 20th century speaking Christ, first in Asia and then North America, eventually all over the world. The culmination of those 70 years of ministry was his Life Study of the Bible, an exhaustive exposition of the entire scriptures. This unique commentary focuses on how Christ can be life to man in an experiential and practical way. These programs encapsulate Witnessly speaking in just 26 minutes. But to get the complete riches, visit lifestudy.com. From there you can read all of the Life Study messages in their entirety, 
or download any of our more than 1,700 audio programs at no cost. Again, that website is lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.